Crown Corner, the official podcast of Charlotte FC. Will Palajic, Jessica Charman here with you. One done and one big one to come as Charlotte FC gets ready for its home opener against the LA Galaxy Saturday night, Bank of America Stadium, 7.30. We will have coverage specially on this week uh, on Mix 107.9 because of other broadcast conflicts. We'll get plenty on that. We're going to talk to Kobe Jones, former LA Galaxy player and MLS Le- Legend. We'll do the supporters section as well with our friend Matt Frobound and Crown. We're also going to do some interesting things. Mackenzie Gaines, Charlotte FC's forward. But Jess, as we look to rewind to what we saw on Saturday night in D.C., I think we saw a much better team in Charlotte FC than I think we were hoping for from what we saw out of Charleston. 100% will. I feel really encouraged. It was one of those matches that just deflates you a little bit in your heart while it's going on because it just seems like everything is stacked up against you. But so proud of the players, so proud of the fans, really encouraged, like you say. And what a drastic difference from the side we saw in Charleston versus the side that came out in DC United. And this weekend, we can only expect more of the same improvements. It was very difficult, I think, for a lot of people to kind of figure out what it was going to look like the struggles at the back were something that I feel like a lot of people brought up at the beginning of the the campaign. But I also feel like they were able to handle themselves very adeptly with three center backs and some great play from Christian Kalina to basically make sure that a lot of those link ups can happen. Definitely. And what I mentioned on the broadcast that I was impressed with was there was a little bit more diversity with the play out the back. Yes, they stuck to the style. They were definitely good in possession. They wanted to find those passes into the midfield, you know, find gaps of spaces. But when it called upon, they also went direct and it caused some challenges from the high line of DC United. So what encouraged me about that moment was it was clear that the players have an understanding of adapting for the opposition and finding those gaps that they can exploit. DC United are a world-class club. They were the first team that brought in for MLS. Charlotte FC, obviously the latest team. If you looked at the way that that game played out, though, Jess, you wouldn't have been able to tell who was the expansion team and who was the MLS original. It seemed like when DC had possession, they were, I would say, frantic with the ball. Charlotte was very composed, and I also feel like we saw a much different temperature to the proceedings than we did in those three preseason matches. I think there's a different level of energy and belief in the Charlotte FC players. They really took the game to DC United. They didn't go in there feeling like an underdog, which was really important. They had a positive mental attitude. We saw that Charlotte FC had more possession than DC United. And not only did they have more possession, they utilized it effectively. They were they were sh- like taking more shots on goal than we've seen throughout the season. 11 shots, five of them on target makes you think maybe something they'll be working on in practice is being slightly more clinical in front of goal. Uh, we saw a post that we <laughs> that we would like to see in the back of the net, but I thought the physicality was fantastic as well. It was chippy choppy, and they didn't play scared. They played like they believed that they could get into this one, Will. You mentioned that there were close calls. You mentioned that there were times where it felt like they were very much adding to the run of play. I do feel like, though, when you hear our highlight montage, you feel like there were a lot of moments where you felt like Charlotte could control the match. If you missed anything from our broadcast on Saturday, here's a snippet from what we had to hear and what you guys heard on Sports Radio FNZ and the Charlotte FC Radio Network. (laughs) 
BC United will get the first chance to kick at it. Michael Estrada centered over the ball. We're just waiting for the okay from Victor Rivas, and we are underway with Charlotte FC and DC United. Punched by Kalina, and he gets a save there right away. Reyna for Charlotte in the attacking third. Reyna for Ortiz. Ortiz taken down, no call. Left side, Alan Franco. Franco into the middle, headed by Ortiz. He scores! TJ Ortiz! And Charlotte FC has countered first with a goal in the 19th minute. And TJ Ortiz kisses the club badge. He scored the first goal in history. Victor Rivas walking back from the VAR, and it is no goal. The first ever goal in Charlotte FC history has been waved off. Griffin Yao has it for DC. Yao into the 18. Yao a left foot headed down by Brant Bronico. And an appeal for handball and a penalty. Does the opener come in the 37th minute? Right foot, Michael Estrada approaches, stops, kicks, score. Nahayman headed down by Mora. A giveaway. Estrada, a shot, caroms, and score. Ortiz with the players scattered around the 18-yard box. Headed by Fuchs. Oh, a save by Hamid. Yao has it off the corner, picks it back now for Gressel. Gressel into the area, punched by Kalina, and they score! It's another lucky deflection off of Kamara. Rios, left side, Reyna. Reyna, one more with the keeper. Reyna, off the post! Off oh, the post! This can't be real. How? Hagar with some space. Hagar, middle of the park, armor, a shot saved by Hamid! What a rip from Adam Armour. And that's the final whistle. The first game in Charlotte FC history is a 3-0 defeat at the hands of DC United. Oh. And that was our highlight montage. <laughs> I, I swear, so many close calls. The one from Reyna I thought was so in, but it was off the post. He had a couple like that. But I also feel like the chance creation is a thing that we – focus on the fact that they made some moves in the second half. Danny Rios played very well when he came on, and he's a guy who literally joined the club 24 hours prior. That's something that I feel like is a very encouraging sign for this club, Jess. Oh, definitely. Definitely, Will. I think that it's a huge deal that we created so many chances. There was one thing that we were very vocal about at times during preseason, and it was that we hadn't created enough opportunities, or when we created opportunities, Opportunities. We didn't have players to finish those opportunities. That was very different on Saturday. There were a lot of opportunities created and not just hit and hope opportunities, real quality opportunities that forced Bill Hamid, you know, to, to make some fantastic saves that not every goalkeeper is stopping. It, it's really encouraging. And I, I'm feeling a little, oh, listening back to that call, it makes you realize again, you know, 3-0 was the scoreline on the paper, but it, it just doesn't feel quite right when you listen back to the montage. It was the epitome of unlucky, and, and that's something we see a lot in the beautiful game. But one thing Miguel Angel Ramirez said is that the team took to the second half adjustments and reversed a lot of those metrics that weren't going their way in the first half. I believe that we were able to recognize in the second half the game that we needed to play, you know. So we were controlling much better and playing less direct as we did in the first half. So we had much more control and, and, and better quality arrivals and chances. And I tried to show them that we were doing properly what we needed to do to, to arrive with more control and, and with better quality, you know, with, bet, with more quality situations in the last third. And we were doing, we were doing. So of course we need to keep working on that, you know, and recognize the ways that we can use to, to reach the last third. And as I said before, the, the first match, the, the best coach and the best teacher is the competition. So the competition will tell us what we need to improve and what we are doing well. Really encouraging signs, the way that he speaks about it. You can tell he believes in his players and the way that they are coming out of halftime. The adjustments were made well. And we said the same on our broadcast about how those adjustments made a difference. They came into the second half with another level of energy. We were impressed with the style of play in the first half. But in the second half, there was just that much more fight about it, that much more uh, drive to get into those areas. And uh, again, it felt like they had this opportunity to get back into it. And if one or two calls had gone the other way, it could have been a whole different match.
We fast forward to what this week will look like. Charlotte FC and LA Galaxy, uh, especially this week, we want to make sure that you know on our flagship station in Charlotte, we will now be on Mix 107.9 for this week only as WFNZ has a broadcast conflict with another broadcast, but we'll be on at 7 o'clock for a 7.30 first kick inside Bank of America Stadium. We'll also have a special show with our own Chris McLean. Mac from the Mac Attack will be at the WFNZ Doghouse from 4 until 6, broadcasting on WFNZ. And the Doghouse will be open with beers and mixed drinks and also be on during the contest with TVs for people to watch the match. Still limited tickets available for this match. Go to charlottefootballclub.com. Also visit Ticketmaster and and, uh, also the B of A box office. There will be some walk-up tickets as well per Tepper Sports CEO Nick Kelly. He will make sure that those are held back for folks who are making that walk-up for the match. And this is a very special event for a lot of people here in Charlotte, especially when you think about a very foundational club with the LA Galaxy and one that has a lot of people coming together. It's a moment for a player like Jalen Lindsay, who was a guy who was plucked out of Charlotte's Charlotte Youth Academy went to Sporting Kansas City, basically as a part of that pipeline that Kansas City had kind of taken a lot of players from. He said that this will be a very seminal moment for him and for this club and for this city. I think growing up, soccer in Charlotte was always a big thing. Like even playing, you know, club ball here and playing in the academy in Charlotte, um, it was always a big thing. And there's always, you know, numerous amounts of player product that, you know, came out of North Carolina and even just in Charlotte, I think it's just a city that, you know, has grown so much. Like even before I left, you know, for Kansas City, um, I would come here in the summertime when, you know, the, I think it's the international like champions cup from, you know, when the European teams would come over at Big America stadium and, you know, the, like the stadium we almost filled. And that's when I kind of knew I was like, you know, like, so- like soccer is a big thing here in Charlotte. And I think once they, you know, hopefully get a team and, you know, hopefully team the MLS that, you know, hopefully this type of thing on Saturday, you know, might happen. And now that's actually going to happen it's it's kind of a dream come true you have to wonder will when he was going to watch those matches and participate mm-hmm. in the academy this is like a wild dream come true never expect to have the opportunity to play in front of you know seventy two thousand plus fans it's incredible really a boy a dream come true and it's a real testament to the vision from David Tepper to to bring this club here and to fill this venue the way that they will is going to be really interesting to see. Uh, I know they'll only have the full tank for uh, the opener and potential postseason, but I'm very much looking forward to seeing what that atmosphere is going to be like. And we will have the only local call as it will be a nationally televised contest on Fox. So, uh, no Eric, no Tonio, no Jaime. Uh, turn your TV sound down. Listen to us on Mix 107.9 this week and be sure to uh, be a part of the broadcast with us and also on the Mix 107.9 app. One of the players we feel like will feature in the starting 11 coming up this week is Mackenzie Gaines. He, of course, had a fantastic opening match for Charlotte FC, had a close call 1v1 with the keeper, and we talked to him about that and more as he gets ready for Charlotte FC's home opener. It's time on Crown Corner to give you our player spotlight of the week, and we get to bring on somebody whose play I think both Jess and I really enjoyed in the opening contest against DC United. Man from Austin, Texas, McKenzie Gaines. He joins us on Crown Corner here as we get ready for Charlotte and LA Galaxy. McKenzie, Will, and Jess here. Uh, thank you so much for coming on. We appreciate it, and uh, we really enjoyed the way you played on Saturday. Yeah, thank you. Uh, first and foremost for having me and thank you for the compliments and the kind words. It's really nice. I I will say one of the things that I noticed and and something I said on the broadcast and in succeeding interviews, that was not the same team that we saw play the three games in Charleston. It seemed like you guys made market improvements from the preseason. Where do you think the biggest improvements were? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that um, a common narrative that I've been hearing is that the team's been improving just from game to game. So um, it wasn't the same team that you guys saw against Charleston. It wasn't the same team that played against Columbus or Inter-Miami. Um, but yeah, I think that we did a lot better at just controlling the game. Obviously, you look at the scoreline and you see 3-0 and you think like, oh man, like uh, they got played off the park. But that definitely was not the case. I thought that 
we were much the better side for the majority of the match. And um, I just thought that we did a good job of putting pressure on them and um, playing our own game. So, I mean, as the team continues to gel and to grow, I think it'll only get better and better. 100%. And Will and I have mentioned that multiple times during the match, how we thought, you know, you guys were outstanding in the battle. You talked about gelling and merging. What are some of the difficulties about being a brand new franchise? Yeah, I mean, obviously we're 20-something guys who are coming from 20-something locations. And, um, I mean, we all have the same struggles in terms of just um, settling in and getting to know each other and um, getting to familiarize ourselves with the way that our teammates play. So, obviously, as time goes on, that gets easier and easier, and we get more and more comfortable with each other. And um, yeah. I think you guys started to see that against D.C., Mm-hmm. You, you had that 1v1 with the keeper uh, against Bill Hamid. Take me back to that and, and your thought process and, and what you felt like that play and, and how you were able to try to execute that run. That that was an amazing run, uh, just just short of the finish. Yeah, thank you. So um, I think DC was playing a, a pretty high line throughout most of the match, and we wanted to try to expose that. And um, it just so happened that we were able to at that moment. I think TT played me a through ball, and I took a touch and um, tried to finish it hard and low, but maybe looking back on it, maybe if I would have just put some air under it because uh, Bill Hamid did go down pretty early. So maybe if I put some air under it, uh, it would have been in the back of the net. Look, but... Bill Hamid stood on his head. He had a great right. gaming goal. We were praising yeah. him. He came out, closed the angle. I don't think you had that much to see in terms of where to go, you know? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, maybe just looking back on it, if I would have put a little bit of air underneath it, then uh, it would have been a 3-1 game. Were you surprised that those openings were there as much as they were? Um, no. Because you, really. you guys got plenty of chances in the game. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we looked at the film and we um, saw how they played and they played with a high line. And um Usually that's the case whenever a team wants to be aggressive at home. So um, I think that we knew that there would be space in behind and we wanted to try to um, exploit that. And at that oper- in that instance, we did. And yeah, it's unfortunate that we didn't come away with a goal, but we did have a few opportunities to score in that game. Let's talk a bit about the fan support. How amazing was it to see so many fans travel up to D.C.? And let's be real, you guys must be super excited to play in front of a home crowd, hopefully a record breaker on Saturday. Yeah, definitely. Um, I think that Saturday will definitely be one of the coolest moments in my career. Um, Up there with maybe playing my first game in Austin, the city that I grew up in. But um, Mm -hmm. playing in front of 70,000 fans is going to be pretty cool. And they definitely did us right um, over the weekend. It was really cool to to see the support. And they were really loud. And um, before the goal got disallowed, it was really, really cool running to that corner and (laughs) celebrating with them. So hopefully we can have... Uh, more of those moments on Saturday. I, I saw you all over TT. Just to give you an idea of what happened with us in our broadcast booth, I literally tripped over Jess <laughs> when it. He happened. stood on me. He stood on me. It hurt. My <laughs> foot still hurts. Will. <laughs> so, if if that was what we were doing, I can't imagine what it was for you guys. Just because that goal, despite it being disallowed, I mean, you mentioned the fact that that you guys had taken uh, a lot of the the criticism from people on the outside from what happened in Charleston. But I'm just thinking that that goal showed that, Hey, you know, we actually have the opportunity to be on the front foot and it showed that you guys can not only make some linkups happen, but, but put the ball in the back of the old onion bed. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, it's huge, right? Uh, first year club, first MLS game and first goal in the existence of the club. It, it's really, really cool. So it's unfortunate that it got called back and obviously hey that- we get to do it again we get to do it yeah, again it's okay exactly. we'll run it back we'll run it back that's the plan <laughs> i do want to at least uh focus on your first goal at austin and you mentioned the fact that you got a chance to play for your home city club what was that moment like to score as an austinite as somebody who uh wanted to have a club in that city and getting a chance to play for them last year what, what was that moment like last year yeah, I think simply put, um, it's probably the best moment of my career. Um, just scoring a goal in, in front of 20,000 screaming Austinites, 15 minutes from where I grew up with my, my family and my best friends all in the crowd is really, really cool. And also, I was kind of fighting through a lot of adversity. I'd signed and I got hurt and got left out the squad for a few weeks beforehand. So coming in and scoring 
um, 10 minutes after coming into my second game. Uh, it was really, really big and it was awesome. Well, try it in front of 70,000 plus on, on Saturday, please, will you, McKenzie? Yeah, right. What are your personal goals for this season? What do you feel would mean that you had been successful this year? Um, I think just to contribute um, the way that I can. Um, if I can be dangerous every game and try to be an option going forward and help the team be successful and um, reach all of our collective goals, I think that would mean it would be a successful season for me. How have you been uh, liking your introduction to the city of Charlotte? Um, it's been really cool. It's kind of funny because uh, obviously 20-something new guys, we all have to find a place to live and we all have the same people helping us. So we're all kind of <laughs> spread across uh, the same apartment building. So uh, you'll go out and you'll always see people uh, from the <laughs> team wherever we go. So It's, it's team bonding. Team bonding. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it's cool. Charlotte's a very nice city. It's a lot quieter than I thought it would be, but um, definitely not complaining. It, it ain't going to be quiet on Saturday. I can tell you right now. It, it's going <laughs> to oh, be a I lot of that. fun. And uh, I, I did mean to mention that that goal did come against the LA Galaxy. So uh, history could repeat itself on Saturday. Uh, what do you know about the team you're going to play on Saturday here at the bank? Um. I mean, Galaxy is historically one of the biggest clubs in the MLS, right? And uh, they always have star po star power um, every single year. So it's going to be a good test for us. And uh, hopefully we can just keep building on what we've been doing. Like I said, um, it hasn't been the same team that we've seen throughout the past um, three or four games. And um, the goal is always for us. Obviously, we want to win, but we want to keep building on what uh, what we're doing here. So hopefully that happens. Well, McKenzie, we appreciate you joining us. Uh, we hope that everything continues to go well for you. Thanks so much again for taking some time, and uh, we wish you guys the best of luck when you step out there on that pitch on Saturday night against the Galaxy. Well, thank you. Thank you again for having me. That is Mackenzie Gaines, and unbeknownst to us, just because <laughs> we recorded that yesterday, it is Mackenzie's birthday. So we wanted to wish Mackenzie a happy birthday as well. Uh, belated from us, but on the actual day uh, on this March 2nd, pretty interesting stuff. And absolutely the nicest guy that we've spoken mm -hmm. to. That's not to discredit anyone else, but took his time. So friendly. What a guy. Happy birthday, Mackenzie. I also would be remiss if I did not mention how awesome the the crowd support was oh. in Washington, D.C. Uh, more than 300. I know that 300 was the number that was thrown out there. I don't know if that was a number thrown out by D.C.'s club or our club. But if you, if you see kind of what we're looking at, there was a lot when you think about the supporter travel and, and the way that that worked. It was, it was very great to see with regards to – the fans who came up there and, and just a lot of the, the we could hear them on our effects mm -hmm. mics. It was really, really, really great to see. Absolutely. And not only just the ones that traveled, those that went out to watch parties. We saw a lot of action on Twitter. It seemed like everyone had a great time. And apparently, Will, we're owed a beer shower. Is that is that what I've heard? So I, I'm not, <laughs> with all the technology that's in our booth, I don't know if I want to do a beer shower while all that technology is hanging around. But I, I don't want to speak for you. If if we come home and we grab three points on Saturday, I, I'm down for one post game. It, it, okay, yeah, I'm I'm all in. I'm all in. Let's embrace this beautiful city. <laughs> I'm ready for it as well. So let's give uh, an opportunity to at least see what. I feel like the lineup is going to look like, because we will have Carol Swiderski back for us uh, this weekend against LA Galaxy. Uh, I think the best utilization of the talent, and again, this is without seeing how they're going to line up in training. So this is not not anything that we're looking at and saying, oh, this is how they lined up. This is not anything <laughs> like that. But I do feel like Miguel Angel Ramirez might go to a back four with Fuchs, and Carujo as the center backs, Mora and Lindsay as the fullbacks, and then you have Franco and Bronico. He really loved Bronico the way that he played uh -huh. in the middle, just because he had that that stiffness to him. And then you have the two wingers, Reyna and Gaines on the outside, Ortiz slightly behind Swiderski. I think that's the best utilization of, of the talent, though it could be something different. They might think two strikers and bring Rios in there. I'm not sure. But, but I feel like that might be the best utilization of the way the talent works here for this one. 
Look, who knows, Will? We're broadcasters, not managers, but I, I agree. I think one of the things that I'm really excited to see is how Swiderski comes into the mix, how he links up with Ortiz. It takes time to build those forward partnerships. If they can get it right from what we've seen of Ortiz in the last match and the energy he has, the, the, the skills on the ball that he has, his service, if with a poacher like Swiderski, if he can bury those opportunities when the ball comes in, we saw some great service from the dead ball, from live action. If mm -hmm. they can get that partnership right, it could be golden, Will. I'm only curious about whether or not the the link up happens to the point where I think the one that we haven't seen with Swiderski is we haven't seen him be able to create his own chances. Like no. that's the one thing I feel like is I don't want to say missing because we just we just haven't seen it. Yeah. I'm wondering what happens when you get him out in open space because he didn't have a lot of open space in Charleston in those three preseason matches. What happens when he has the ball at his feet and he has to create on his own? Definitely. And when we see the footage of his time at PAOK, we see that he's not just a target forward. He is someone that enjoys having the ball at his feet. He just has to have opportunities. And it takes time to see that. He's been training back home, at least. He's up to the run of play. He's at practice now. So, you know, I'm very excited to see uh, the first DP play on the weekend. We uh, encourage you to get with us on not only Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, and Twitter with your questions. We will share them as part of Matt's Burning Questions at the uh, end of the broadcast. And uh, we'll get a couple of questions in here. I know that there's a couple that uh, folks are asking about certain personnel. Uh, our man, 11 Orange Goats, is asking, when do you think Jan Zobachinsky will get minutes? Um, I think Jan is basically in the most crowded position in the mm -hmm. entire entire team right now. Uh, you don't have Anton Walks with the club uh, right now. He uh, was not at training yesterday. We'll see whether or not he's part of uh, the club this weekend. But uh, Sobachinsky is just uh, – he's playing the wrong position, if you will, to try to <laughs> if get he was a winger, If he was a winger, we could say very soon. But oh, I think – I love Jan, still, though. I think he's fantastic. Oh, he's still very young. You know, and he is young and he's surrounded by individuals that he can learn from. So even if he's not getting minutes on the pitch right now, he's learning from the best. And that's all you can do as a young player. I'm excited to see as he grows and matures the player that he's going to become. I, and I love watching him and Carol Swiderski oh. training together. <laughs> the two of those are like trying to basically, you know, mirror each other. And, and Jan looks at Carol like an idol. I don't know if left back is necessarily his his best thing. I think it's, it's a big adjustment. A, a fullback to a center back is very different, particularly if you want to have more of like an attacking presence from them. So that might be a struggle. There's only really one or two guys on this roster, I think, that can have that type of flexibility. Fuchs is one of those guys. I don't think Jan is uh, from that vein. Uh, we'll get more of your questions in as part of Matt's Burning Questions later on, but get them in now, and uh, we'll make sure that they get asked. Again, at Facebook, at Twitter, Twitch, as well as our YouTube feed, all at WFNZ. This is a real thrill for us now, uh, an opportunity to speak with an MLS legend. He's part of the broadcast team from the LA Galaxy. Jess and I had a chance to catch up with the all-time leader in caps for the U.S. men's national team and an MLS original, Kobe Jones, here on Crown Corner. We welcome you back to Crown Corner here as we continue our preview of Charlotte FC and the LA Galaxy, the home opener for Charlotte FC. This is a real thrill for me because as somebody who grew up with the MLS beginning in 1996, one of the founding members is also one of the most decorated U.S. men's national team players, and he's also part of the broadcast team for the LA Galaxy. Kobe Jones joins us on Crown Corner. Kobe, uh, a thrill for me as somebody who grew up watching you play. Thank you so much for taking some time and joining us on Crown Corner. Yeah, I, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for Thanks for having me here. It's always uh, exciting to talk talk to people that are involved at the game at the highest levels, and uh, you know, hopefully, I can impart some of my knowledge, you know, <laughs> whatever I'm able to give. Absolutely, Kobe. We're so grateful to have you. We got our first look at the Galaxy this weekend. Will and I were both nerding out and studying. Got the one nil last minute victory. How do you feel about that? I think it's I think it's fantastic. It, 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 getting a victory is the most important part when you're starting out. Um, you really want to make sure, you know, that you get a result that you can build upon. This is the beginning of season. Um, everybody has to remember when you're talking about season, it's 
it, it's it's a grind, especially preseason, you know, for players when you have a month, month and a half where you're together, you're doing the same things day in and day out. And there is it, it, pretty much no meaning behind it as far as you're not playing that regular season match where you can see that result. So it's a grind on players, you know, everywhere. So when you go out and you're finally able to get out there, especially in front of a home crowd and you get a result, you know, that's, that's pretty important. It just sets the tone for the future. I know we saw Chicharito get that amazing goal there at the end. Uh, we've seen what he can do technically. I don't think anybody questions what he is as a player, but I know that there has been some market criticism of him uh, either outside and also inside you know, the Galaxy Circle. Do, do you feel that criticism is justified of the way that he's played since he's come to the Galaxy? Uh, well, well, look, he's, he's a DP. There's always a lot more pressure on him, so you can say it's justified. Do I think that, you know... Um, that it was really coming from the right place or with the right education behind it? No, I don't, I, I don't think so because a lot of that, that criticism came from the very beginning of when he came in. And let's remember when Chicharito first came in, he's just coming into a team. All of a sudden COVID hits, you know, then also we're doing this bubble thing. He gets injured. You know, there's all these things stacked up right at the beginning. And then the criticisms came for all those people that were wondering at the beginning, Oh, is this the right signing? Is this the right signing? And once you get that at the start, it's very difficult to drop off those, those, uh, all that criticism at the beginning. So um, I think you look at Chicharito last year, 17 goals, you know, he came into his own, started getting into form. So I think it's, uh, you know, you really have to take every criticism uh, with a, with a grain of salt, you know, and, and I put that out there to the fans and the, and the, and the, and the public because players know that, you know, players know that fans love you one day and they, you know, they hate you the next, you know, so that's, that's the nature of it. And you're obviously talking about expectations, expectations as a whole for LA Galaxy. You're one of the big, the big time teams growing up in England. It was the Galaxy that I had heard of. You just knocked off the reigning champions in your first match. Does that change the expectations of the fans? Does that put a bit more pressure on you for this season? <laughs> uh, you haven't dealt with the LA fans much, have you? <laughs> the expectations <laughs> with the LA fans are championships every single time. And and to be quite honest, you know, that's the expectations of this club and this organization. We step out every year with the thought, okay, are, how are we going to win the championship? You know, now look, it doesn't go in, in the right direction all the time, but that's the thinking. You know, that's the attitude of this club and this organization. You don't get five championships by thinking, oh, well, let's hope hope we make the playoffs. You know, you go out with that thought. We are going to win the championships. These are the things that we have to do and work with and work towards to make sure that we are there. So the, the expectations are high to begin with. Yes, they may have increased somewhat with this uh, initial victory, but I also think there's a little bit of a, of a pullback just understanding that it is the first game, you know, of the season and that we've got a long way to go, that there's a, a path that's going to have a lot of stumbling blocks and a lot of people trying to stand in our way. As someone who was a founding member of this league, you know, when it was only 10 teams in 96, Charlotte comes in as team number 28. You know, what does it mean now to have seen, you know, from a variety of perspectives, player, broadcaster, even a coach, what does it mean to see how much the league has grown and, and what does it mean to have Charlotte – join the league as the 28th team and have such a spectacle of an event like we're going to see on Saturday here in Uptown Charlotte. Now this, this is incredible. You know, I'm not sure I can put it into words and to ha allow uh, and to really give an opportunity for everyone to understand the, the feeling, you know, that I get when I look at, you know, look at these moments that are, that are happening now and that are about to happen. We're talking about 27 years of MLS. You know, this is, this is uh, something that, <laughs> to be quite honest, there are some times we weren't sure we were going to make it to the next year. You know, mm -hmm. when you, when we have to remember that there were years that this league retracted, you know, so um, to actually, you know, have a situation where Charlotte is coming in, the expectations there with the fans that are going to be going seems to be, you know, through the roof. Um, you know, I have, I've had time with the U.S. team, you know, playing out in that area. So to just see that the fan base has grown to a whole nother level. And that that support has come, you know, out, out in droves. You know, this is, this is, you know, it's amazing. Like I said, it's hard to put into words, but there's an excitement, you know, about it. There's a certain um, uh, energy, you know, that 
uh, when we see this, you know, with every year as this increase starts to happen, that you're just like alive with this electricity, just going, wow, this league has, you know, and they say, we've come a long way, baby. That's it. You know, <laughs> come a very long way. Without a doubt. And I feel like the respect nationwide, you know, is growing for the sport and even across the world. Switch your mindset for a little bit. You're always prepping. You're thinking about things from a galaxy perspective. If you're Charlotte FC, what do they need to do to have a chance in this match? No chance whatsoever. <laughs> uh, okay, there's my little Homer spiel right there. Um, no, I, I think for this, uh, for Charlotte, it, it's going to be – there's going to be some difficulties. You know, I, I, it can go either way because, I mean, we're talking about an amazing crowd, right? I'm, I'm not even sure what the numbers are now that we're talking, but for some players, this will be the first time you know, that they've ever played in front of, you know, this amount of players. Now that can get you hyped and ready to go. But if you get overhyped and you you don't get the result that you get in the first 20 or 30 minutes, that can, that can be damaging, you know, to a team, just to the psyche. So it's about just kind of adjusting to the crowds that are out there, understanding, you know, that it, it's always – like I tell everybody that plays this game, it's it's a team game. You can't you can't try to do everything you know on your own. And yeah, it's going to be difficult. You know, as you said just before, it's you're going up against a an organization that has a history. You know, an organization that wherever uh, wherever we go, it's always beat LA. You know, so. Mm there has to be an understanding of how do you deal with the expectations from your own crowd, the, the expectations that you put upon yourself when you step out on that field against the, you know, the most storied club within MLS, you know, it, it's difficult, but, you know, I would say, to, you know, the veterans, you know, those are the ones that are going to have to step up and kind of lead the way. Well, as someone who loved not only watching you play, I used you on FIFA plenty of times. My sister used to play with you as the backyard soccer in the old video game on the oh, PC. Yeah. She she knows from that from that generation. So uh, this is a pleasure for me, pleasure for Jess as well, and, and all of us here in Charlotte. We're happy to be a part of this league. Happy you took some time to spend with us, and uh, we look forward to many many more years uh, being able to interact with you. Uh, well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, this is going to be an exciting game, you know, without a doubt. I think everyone's got to get out there and check this one out because, you know, moments like this, they may come few and far between. So enjoy it. I'm telling you, man, that that's a <laughs> that's a okay, dude Will, who. How nervous were you, Will? How much was your heart beating? Oh, stop you, it. Now, I want... popped up? Stop Let's it. Be okay. <laughs> I was nervous even to just book him as the guest, like to try and reach out. I was nervous reaching out to him as, as someone trying to book it. So incredible man though. So, so articulate, so articulate exactly. about the game, a real insider. And I enjoyed every second. And I really feel like it made me think about this match from a different perspective in terms of the psyche. We always talk about how amazing it must be to play in front of a sold out stadium, but switch it around a little bit. Understandably, how nervous may that make you? You know, so it's, I think it's really yeah. important to think about it from that perspective as well, Will. And and for the record, also, Kobe Jones does not look like he's 52 at oh. <laughs> any point. Dude looks like he could still go out there and suit up for Galaxy. But I do agree with you. The uh, the atmosphere affects both sides as well. And it, it might be, you know, we talk a lot about how D.C. United had a fortress at Audi Field. That wasn't what I would call a menacing crowd. It was only 16,000, and a lot of them were – wearing Charlotte blue and Charlotte black and Charlotte mint. So as a result, I do feel like this is a situation for Charlotte where they have to feed off the home crowd. And also galaxy are, are hunted right now. I feel like because mm -hmm. of the fact that, you know, they came off of two years without postseason. It's their second longest postseason drought in, in the club. They come off of a match where they win one nil after a late goal from Javier Hernandez, Chicharito against the defending champions they're not an unknown commodity. They're always going to get the opposition's best shot. And I think Saturday night is no different in Uptown Charlotte. No, I agree with you, Will. And I think having watched the match as well, it was a 1-0 win. They had several opportunities that they created that had they finished better, it would have been more than 1-0. You know, I think they, they, they played well. It's a side that we're going to have to defend smartly against. Chicharito's a player that you can't give 
an opportunity to. We talk about no. not giving a player a moment of space. No, you, it's not just about space with him. It's about any opportunity because he can turn nothing into something. So that's going to be a player that, you know, you talk about as a side, not always wanting to focus on the opposition, but sometimes you have to. And that's a player that has the caliber to really do damage. So it's a player that we have to really avoid being able to have an impact, Will. And something I saw against D.C., because we talked about the frantic possession, you know, when D.C. <laughs> was pressing high, we were able to to break that line of, of demarcation and bring that, bring that line of pressure to our advantage. I'm wondering how Galaxy wants to play it because I'm wondering if they, they try to press with a high line or whether they sit back because there's, there's two ways to defend what Charlotte FC tries to do with the ball. You can either sit back and let them possess – and almost kind of play a shell and wait for your opportunities, or you can try to be overextensive mm -hmm. and play that press. And I almost feel like that's something Miguel and Ramirez invites. He invites the pressure because that gets people out of position, that yeah. gets more open space for your midfielders, and that allows you to have those numerical superiorities and those odd man rushes. And when I think back, we saw a little bit of both from DC, right? We made a comment how in the first part of the match, they were allowing Charlotte FC more time with the ball. They were only pressing when they got towards the halfway line. They had a, a, a lower line of confrontation. That switched in the second half. And when you analyze the defense, when did Charlotte FC start to be slightly less confident in the ball towards the end when they were dealing with that higher press? So it'll be interesting to see what they do. If they press high, we may see space over the top and play that long ball and find some space. And now we have, you know, Swiderski back who offers a more aerial presence than, you know, who we saw up top for Charlotte FC as well. Mm -hmm. It should be so interesting. Really yeah. interesting. Yeah. Go ahead, Jess. How the Galaxy become. We have plenty, of course, uh, to bring you here on Crown Corner. Uh, we have an opportunity earlier to talk with a real great friend of ours, Matt Burris from Southbound and Crown, as we every week try to give you a supporter spotlight here on Crown Corner. Uh, here is Matt telling not only the fantastic story about Southbound and Crown, but also how you can get involved with South Carolina's Charlotte FC supporters group. We come to you on Crown Corner, and this is our supporter spotlight. If you saw any part of the game last weekend or heard our coverage on the radio network. You heard more than 300 Charlotte FC supporters in Washington, D.C., and they were led by a very thunderous group from the two largest supporter groups, Mint City Collective and Southbound and Crown. We are pleased to be joined by a member of Southbound and Crown, Matt Burris, who joins us on Crown Corner as we have the scarves here ready to go. Matt, it's a oh, pleasure it's to have down. you on. <laughs> <laughs> blonde moment hey guys. guys it was upside down there we go there you go now you got it going <laughs> matt thank you so much for joining us we appreciate you coming on yeah i appreciate you guys having me um this is this is great we watched last week saw our buddy david from mid city joining you and um you know i was just i'm like will when, when are we coming on so obviously next week <laughs> yeah of course so we we uh we appreciate you guys and and um We'll get into that a little more, kind of what this process has been like. But, but yeah, all good. Uh, finally getting our voice back a little bit from last weekend in D.C. Uh, as you can tell, maybe still a little froggy, but um, but but a good time was so had. Are we. By all. So are we. We're yeah, right. Too. If you heard the goal call from last weekend, you know that I'm still <laughs> recovering. But uh, fr from the atmosphere it, and the videos you guys took from the supporters section, it looked crazy. Give us a sense of what it was like. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was definitely, excuse me, it was definitely, um, it was definitely a whirlwind sort of weekend. I mean, everybody sort of got up there, you know, most folks Friday afternoon, Friday night. I know a lot of folks drove up early Saturday morning too, which was awesome. But um, I mean, the whole weekend was, was crazy. I mean, it was, it was two plus years of work that went into it by a lot of other people, not, not me for sure. I'm just sort of uh, tagging along here, but um, you know, we started this group a couple years ago and didn't really, didn't really ever seem like we would get to the point where we were actually at a match, waving flags and, and uh, singing songs. And uh, but we did, we made it, and um, we had a great time. The folks in DC were very cool to us, very nice. The team obviously helped us along the way, and uh, it was it was amazing, man. It was it's was hard, to, tough to describe. There's some pretty surreal moments there. And I think when Will and I could hear on the broadcast, we could hear in the background, you know, songs that we recognized. It was 
truly like it made you feel something in your stomach you know how do you follow that up on Saturday what are the plans how excited are you to get I mean I think it's over 72,000 now sold how excited are you to be to part of that mix yeah I, you know that that's you know last week was really just a, a taste I mean you know I we had so many people texting us and coming you know messages on social saying oh my gosh we can hear you guys loud and clear on tv and and you know it kind of kind of a goosebump moment there um for sure but um, this week is going to be, I mean, another level. I mean, these guys are actively the, the supporters council shout out to our own president, uh, Michael Gallimore, who's really kind of taking a, a leadership role there. And along with David and mid city and these other guys are on the council. They, they have, um, they have worked tirelessly. I mean, and I mean work, I mean, this is not like these guys are full-time jobs. Um, you know, they're not getting paid. This is just really a, a cliche, but labor of love for them. Uh, because this week is going to be, I mean, they, we've got stuff planned every day. And, and, um, actually I was just, messaging will right before so the team should be sending something by the time this airs it'll be out but uh rehearsal tomorrow night another rehearsal not just for supporters for everyone's welcome uh, we're gonna uh kind of do the march again and get up to the stadium and sing some songs and chance the songs you talked about jess were i mean those are all written by supporters of charlotte fc there were n- nothing so talented was, was yeah it was ripped off our own chris church is a, a musician um you know sort of has been all his life and by trade and and uh, he stepped in there, and, and again, everybody's just this kind of pulled their own weight, and we've really from the ground up kind of got this thing going. I was hoping you were going to uh, shout out our good friend Churchy. Uh, he is the uh, chant director for the entire supporters section and supporters council, and, and really love the work that he's done, and love the work that you guys are doing at Southbound and Crown, a group that's mostly based in South Carolina, although outposts are happening all across both states. Uh, And we also love to try and focus on the charitable outfits that you guys are a part of. Uh, Founded by three people, Michael Gallimore, yourself, and Brenton McCaskill. Brenton no longer with us, unfortunately, and that's part of the reason that your charitable organization uh, means so much to the community and give us a sense of what you guys are doing to commemorate Brenton's memory. Yeah, so the, the, the short version um, of, of the story is uh, Michael, Britton, and I are all uh, Tottenham supporters. Um, we appreciate your condolences in advance, uh, you know, which I know you can relate to, Will. So, um, you know, we, we, we met all met through a South Carolina Spurs group that we have based out of Columbia and all over the state of South Carolina. We all live in the York County area. Um, I live in Lake Wiley, Britton, Brett Clover, and uh, Rock Hill, and Michael's in Rock Hill. So, um, we would get together on, on early Saturday mornings or Sunday mornings or whenever and watch, watch Spurs matches. And there was one a few years ago, um, right about the time that, that the team was – Charlotte, it was really all but confirmed at this point that we were going to get the bid and things were going to come together. I think we were really just uh, – there was the team launch. We had some brief conversations, maybe over a couple of pints, uh, probably commiserating another uh, Tottenham lo- late loss. And, uh, and, uh, and that happens. And, you know, we – yeah, no, it, it's been known to happen once or twice. And, and we talked about um, – Hey, what are we doing for the Charlotte thing? You guys gonna get tickets? Yeah, we're gonna go. We're gonna take us. Yeah, that's our team, man. Sure. We're all we're all from the area originally. I mean, I grew up going mm-hmm. to Hornets games and Panthers games, and and um, so we you know we got to do something. And um, you know, Michael, full credit to Michael. As soon as the name for the team was announced, he landed on South Carolina Crown. Of course, we're all uh, just Kenny Powers. Um, you know, there's a role model. Shout out Danny McBride. You know, we've been trying to mm-hmm. reach your agent. We haven't heard back yet, but thank you in advance for for getting back to us. But uh, yeah, there you go. That's right. Um, yeah, please don't hey. see us. Um, yeah, but we, you know, we decided to, to launch this group. So, you know, we, we didn't really know what we were doing originally. We, we decided we wanted to get together and have some fun and have our, we had such a great experience with South Carolina Spurs and we had a lot of that core leadership that came over with us. And, um, you know, then, uh, you know, tragically, uh, Britton and, uh, his partner Heidi were, um, were a victim of a home invasion. Um, not a couple months after we really started getting all this off the ground and uh, Britain valiantly defended her and her kids and, and, and their home and, and was unfortunately, you know, was, was shot and killed. Um, that was a couple of years ago. Now it doesn't seem like it, but, uh, but it was. And, um, but we carried on. So through that, you know, our mission throughout this entire uh, deal was always to give back in a way. But man, when, when that happened with Britain, it really just gave us some, some real focus on how to do that. And, uh, Brenton uh, did not have kids, but he volunteered his time. He coached youth sports, coached basketball and, and different sports. And um, so we sort of tried to, to come up with a, uh, a mission that would honor that. We got with his family. And, of course, Heidi's a board member is a huge part of our, our group, too. And um, we started uh, the Because of Brenton 
uh, Hero Fund, we called it. And uh, initially it was a GoFundMe that was shared all around the world. We had donations from dozens of countries come in and um, all the way, uh, yeah, a lot from England to Tottenham was very involved in that. They helped us a lot there. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, so we started that fund and we've actually partnered with really step one of, of it. We partnered with the Rock Hill Parks and Rec Department. And uh, what we're doing is we're covering the cost of uh, registration fees and even equipment for um, some kids that want to play youth sports, but maybe just don't have the means to do it. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've partnered with them. We've basically got a form we send them and they send us when there's a need, there's a request. And then we, um, you know, we fill it when we, we pay the money. So we plan to expand that into other areas, too. Um, we've had conversations with Clover folks and and uh, even all the way down into Columbia and Charleston, where we have groups of, of people. So looking forward to, to carrying that on to, to honor uh, Britain's legacy and and um, and and put our, our own stamp on uh, turning negative into a positive, really. You can follow those guys from Southbound and Crown on Twitter at Southbound Crown and also on line as well you can have their memberships there plenty of stuff getting ready for this weekend matt we appreciate you and certainly look forward to seeing you guys this weekend as you march toward the stadium and bring us some noise for that home opener yeah thanks will again i, I i'd be remiss if i didn't mention you guys will you've been around since 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 uh, day one with us and and we were probably more excited than you to see you end up end up kind of with the gig that you wanted here on the radio and just you've you've, you've plugged right into the group too so we look forward to meeting you in person and and uh enjoying kind of enjoying this ride together there will be noise i can assure you that there will be noise that's great stuff from matt burris of southbound and crown uh just a remarkable story and uh, and great stuff that they're doing with the charity and all of our supporter groups are great i i, I don't want to favor one and mm -hmm. i know matt was even asking he's like can i join one i'm like i want to i want to party with all these guys like i i'm oh. i'm man of the people man Without doubt, yeah. and party, do do charitable work for, and when we listen back to that, we get to hear it again. You know, Will and I have a real passion for helping these supporters groups with their charitable work as well, and I know in Crown Corner, that's something that we're really going to focus on in the future too. Yeah, the Uptown Ultras did a fantastic event right before the season. Uh, I know that Mint City has got some of their own uh, collective efforts as well, uh, Blue Furia and Carolina Hooligans also with charitable efforts. Uh, I did want to mention that Southbound and Crown was the group that had uh, that Queen's Crush -er event uh, for Wicked Weed. Uh, so that was really cool. That beer is going to be available at the stadium. And also, uh, coming up on Friday night, Mint City is doing – a real cool event. They're uh, launching a, a beer at Lenny Boy Brewing. Uh, 5.30 is the start time on that one. So be sure to uh, get out there to Lenny Boy on Friday night. I'm seeing night. a common nice thread. Game. Yes. I'm seeing a common thread with the uh, with the Charlotte FC beers here, Will. Seeing a common what, common theme. What's wrong with that? More beer is, is, is okay. Beer is okay. <laughs> For the beer yeah, showers. Yes, absolutely. Uh, it's time to bring in the mustachioed maven himself, Matt Hogan, who is going to give us Matt's burning questions for this edition of Crown Corner. We have some listener comments for you, Matt. Uh, what do we have? Well, first of all, I just want to say I just now noticed that in that last video, both of you held your scarves upside down. And I just yes! thought, I thought it was <laughs> just really Jess first, on a second viewing, I noticed it was also uh, – our very own will. It's right but, side up. Here it is, <laughs> right side up for the first it time. Made, it made me feel better. You guys get all these scarves. I'll tell you, the supporter group I will join is the first one to send me a scarf. That's all it's going to be. Look at you. So Matt, Matt Hogan will shield. His DMs Matt Hogan open. is shilling right now for supporter gear. It's fine. I'll, I'll I'm a five star. I'm a five-star recruit on the supporters market. So first one to get me a scarf. He's in the supporters portal. Number one pick. Let's but, go. Uh, what do you have, really, Matt? I've been really impressed with the engagement today, so I really appreciate everybody for um, sending in their questions and comments and stuff. So um, I'm just going to grab a couple of those. The first one we have is kind of a repeat question from last week, but it didn't really come to be last week, so I thought it might be relevant to throw up again. So the question from Elliot Fox is, who do you think will score our first goal, um, hopefully this weekend? Uh, it's got to be TT again, no? I mean, I, as much as I want to say Swiderski, I think Swiderski is probably the, the easy answer. I will say uh, uh, maybe uh, – uh, how about this? I will say TT will set it up on a set piece and will be headed in by Jordi Reyna. You want to talk about a guy who needs one? Jordi Reyna is a guy I feel like will get that first goal. I'm putting it out there. Jordi Reyna. You stole my idea. Well, what? I was going to go with Reyna. Redemption. <laughs> <For the hell? laughs> Redemption. 
Christian was coming. <laughs> I'll go with Fuchs. Oh. Fuchs. Christian Fuchs. Oh, okay. Christian Fuchs will he, eat he's like a salmon and get the header. He's fitting. He's a he's a he's a fitting choice. He's definitely a fitting choice. What's next? Matt? Second, the next question is from John Roberts. Was Ruiz dealing with a knock? Was surprised to see him not get time versus DC. So I don't I don't know if it's a just because DC was a more physical team. He's training. I mean, he's he's out there. I mean, I'm not going to tell you he's not. So he he's definitely out there with the club training. Uh, we do know that he did take a significant amount of time off. Uh, after his departure at Las Palmas. So I'm not sure if it's a fitness issue or it might just be, you know, he's still trying to get himself acclimated to this particular game model. I'll, I will say we were probably both surprised a little bit to both to see both uh, Sergio Ruiz and Jordi Alcivar not in the 11 to start the contest. But I think when you saw what they did with Bronico and Franco, Jess, I feel like mm -hmm. they just wanted a little bit more, more brawn out there. Yeah, without a doubt. We mentioned in the pre-game show that the selections likely had a little bit to do with the physicality that we were aiming to go into this game. And that's no disrespect to the playing caliber of Ruiz or Alcivar. They're just not as physical. And then also important to mention too, I believe, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Sergio Ruiz expecting a baby very soon. So obviously that may also play into things in terms of selection, knowing that potentially, you know, he may not be there on a match day if they're not expecting him there to be with his wife. Still expecting, as it were. And and again, that, that's not something that would disqualify a, a player. But at the same time, I feel like it's probably hard to implement certain things with him on the off chance that you know he has to step away from the club. But I, I do feel like he's somebody who, as Charlotte FC's first signing, will definitely factor into the club this season. And then our last question comes from kind of a bunch of different things. So it, it might not be attributed to one person, but uh, how confident... Uh, are we that uh, the attendance record will be broken this week? Let's go. Super, super confident. Yeah. <laughs> really good. Let's be honest. How how many fans are coming out there? Everyone's talking about it. We know that the current record is held by side that a lot of fans will be determined to take it away from. So uh, I think that factors in as well. And very confident that the energy behind this side is one that will attract a lot of fans. And how many have we sold so far, Will? The latest report from the Charlotte Business Journal said 71,000. So that means about 3,000 left. Uh, one of the things that was said by Tepper Sports CEO Nick Kelly that we mentioned earlier on in our podcast was this is going to be a situation where they maybe hold some of the tickets back uh, for $15. Is they, he, One of the things that this Bargain. group has said is they want to have $15 tickets available on match day for walk-up. So... If you are still looking for a seat, there will be affordable options. If you go to the Bank Merrick box office on match day, they will be available. But I, I have a feeling that it is going to be a sellout and it's going to be a real great spectacle and atmosphere. And for anybody who saw that Mexico-Ecuador friendly, take that even up a notch. It looked like a street party on Mint and Moorhead streets during the, the preamble to that match. It's going to be a lot of fun on Saturday night in Uptown Charlotte. Yeah, I agree. I think it's going to be awesome. But uh, just to let you know, Southbound Crown has tweeted at me, so I think I might be this close to, to getting that scar. Oh, look at Hogan. Hogan does have South dropping. Carolina roots now. Exactly. I'm from the upstate, so who knows? It, it would be a fitting. Uh, it would be a fitting fit for me to to join the South Carolina one. So we'll Will see how I that. Also, goes. Will and I also take. Scarves from anyone. That's a fair. I think fair you guys have a oh, wow. Yes. I think every <laughs> wait, meeting wait, wait, we've gone to, you a scarf. So, <laughs> well, we but, are uh, so happy once you, again to, to be with you guys this week. Uh, we really loved the support, not only for the first podcast, but for the broadcast this week. And just mm -hmm. to remind you, we'll be on Mix 107.9 this week. We will not be on our regular uh, radio station here in Charlotte. Uh, we still have all the great uh, stations across our network. We know we're in Raleigh, Lynchburg, Myrtle Beach, Greenville. Uh, we appreciate all the support there. But this week in Charlotte, we are on Mix 107.9. 7 o'clock, our coverage begins for a 7.30 first kick. It is on national TV on Fox. So put the the TV on, turn the sound down, put the radio up to have the lonely, only local call uh, here in Charlotte. Bring your uh, earbuds into the game, too, if you're going. 
We're very, very excited for it. <laughs> Jess, I know that that you and I both just want to see uh, the support and all the stuff happening. Is it Saturday yet? I agree, Vic Sopan. I'm ready for Saturday. <laughs> Cannot wait. And, you know, we are just thrilled to get an opportunity to call the match again, and it's going to be a cracker. We are looking forward to it. Thank you so much for joining us here on Crown Corner. We're here every Wednesday from 10 until 11. And if you missed any part of the program, you can find it now on demand, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find Crown Corner. Just search Crown Corner. If you have trouble, you can tweet either Jess or myself. I am on Twitter, as you can see, at Willie P Style and at Jess Talks Footy. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you on Saturday here on Charlotte FC Radio Network.